Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. I'm Liz Loza and I am joined by my good friend, Dalton Del Don, who's probably still jazzed about the start of the NBA season. Nobody works harder this time of year than old Triple D, but we'll get to that in a little bit. We're going to focus, though, on football with a preview of each Sunday game for week seven of the NFL season. But first, you guys know the drill, a little, little pre-show business here. Uh, do you really need me to tell you about how great Yahoo Fantasy Plus is and how much it can help your team? No, you don't, because you know the deal by now. You've heard me talk about it between the Trade Hub, the Research Assistant, and Andy Barron's weekly newsletter. Hello, Fantasy Plus will get you equipped with the best league-specific fantasy advice that money can buy. And speaking of money, you can try out Fantasy Plus for free at yahoofantasyfootball.com slash plus. Dalton, this is my favorite part of the show. How many runners did Chloe smoke this weekend at her meet? You know, she was dealing with a bit of an ill an illness and her feet swelled Ooh. up the night the night before and she could barely walk. So I was worried, but she, she pushed through it. Some Benadryl did the trick. Uh, four for four now. She won her race. And this time, be- I don't know how this happened, but she beat the boys by 18 seconds to the best boy finish 18 seconds behind her. So yeah, four four races cross country to start her career, four wins. You cannot slow this girl down, even with a pair of bad feet, because would you feed her some bad shrimp? Like what? Yeah, happened? I don't, we don't, we're still unclear what happened there. I think it was like an, uh, like a cold that turned into a rash that somehow, uh, I don't know, but it's cleared up since, but it was just, great. yeah, for a while there, it looked, it looked rough, but yeah, she's, uh, she's tougher than her dad. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Way to persevere, my lady. Good job. Uh, and your update, my, please. My update. Well, uh, Lenny, my four-year-old did not do a whole much oh she she made herself the like helper of course to fetch everybody's bats after they batted against the tea so she piled those up pretty boring otherwise um but i will say paxton hit another home run no way wow yes second week in a row it was not in it was not out of the park it was an in the park run but he did have um the bases were loaded so he managed to get a grand slam even nice yes they crushed the competition He is now batting third regularly, and they have him on defense at hot corner, shortstop. He did a little catcher this week, and they're trying to get him in the pitching rotation because he's got a strong arm, but he's not very accurate. I mean, he's in second grade, so. Yeah, awesome. Did you get to see this one? Didn't you miss the last homer? No, I don't get to. Th- all the games are on Sundays, so I just oh, get. Oh, uh, right. They're all Sunday. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, they're oh, all Sunday. So I don't get to watch yeah. him, but I did I did um, watch him at batting practice on Saturday. I took him to his batting practice, and I was like, kid can hit. Like, awesome. 
Yeah. It is great. really, and we're loving, obviously, the Dodgers. Um, my condolences to your Giants. Yeah, how dare you? Uh, yeah. Don't bring up that bad <laughs> word. Yeah, bad word. We're, yeah. we're watching the, it's really fun, I think, when you have kids that are playing in the sport or just playing any sport, when you get to watch them with your kid and kind of explain it. Here's a funny thing. Like I will get to, but this is a nice segue for football. So I was watching at one point, um, the chargers game, not, not last week's boat race against, uh, I mean, where they got boat raced by Baltimore a, a couple of weeks ago. And my son was, he's interested in Austin Eckler. Cause he knows that like mommy does a show with Austin, right? Sure. He knows number 30. And so he was like, mommy, he's stroking his chin. He was like, mommy, would you say that Austin is more of a space back or uh, between the tackles <laughs> wow. grinder. And That's I was amazing. like, uh, are you reading? Wow. <laughs> are you reading my article? <laughs> it, was, it was like a really like, a, you can tell he was like trying to like engage, which was sweet, you know, um, but I know my kids have not him. picked up the lingo yet. I'm jealous. That's amazing. That's, that's <laughs> wow. That's great. Yes. I it. think that was, that was probably my, my, my highlight. I had to say, yeah. obviously like, no, Austin is both things. That's what makes him. So <laughs> for sure. For sure. But, um, all right. So let's, let's get into the show. Um, the chargers who I just mentioned are on by this week. If you are a member of hashtag fantasy Twitter, then you know that this is affectionately and frustratingly deemed the bipocalypse aka week seven, just playing on week seven. We got six teams on by, lots of elite players unavailable, and there are plenty of injuries. So we're going to get to it, and we're going to start with the Washington football team at Green Bay. Antonio Gibson, obviously, one of the most hotly monitored players uh, because his shin issue, he's had a stress a stress fracture in his shin for a couple of weeks now. Finally, it got so bad that he was in and out of the game against Kansas City last week. As a result, you saw J.D. McKissick see an elevated role in the game. Um, now, Antonio Gibson right now did return to practice on Thursday, so it is assumed that he will be back at least in some capacity on Sunday. We're not 100% sure of that. Regardless, I think McKissick needs to be in lineups because we know that McKissick, who was a former college receiver, makes his money through the air for the most part. He is going to see more carries, I think, to help. And we've seen him get plenty of carries this season. And sometimes fantasy managers have gotten frustrated because he's vultured Gibson at the goal line. But he'll see more carries again. He's going to continue to see a lot of passes through the air. And it's not just Gibson, but I think, you know, the football team are eight-point underdogs in this one. They're playing Green Bay. That means there's going to be more passing. They're going to have to keep up, which only makes McKissick's role even larger. And you've got McLaurin banged up. You've got Ricky Seals-Jones banged up. You've got Samuel probably not suiting up on Sunday. And even though McLaurin and Ricky Seals-Jones will play likely on Sunday, they're still not going to be at 100%. Yeah, you're, you're using Antonio Gibson if he's active because of all the buys, but I wouldn't feel confident about it. I mean, he might be playing through a stress fracture or something. I mean, I'm with you with McKissick. I have him as a top 25 back this week. Uh, it's clear it helps. Game script is all about with him, and they should be playing from behind in this one. So I even like Heineke as, you know, maybe a cheaper DFS option. 
uh, again, the game script's going to call for more pass plays. This offense has sputtered the last two weeks, but I think they can, even if it's garbage time points, I think they'll get it done in the second half against Green Bay. But yeah, I worry about Gibson uh, starting and, and finishing this game. I'd almost prefer him sit and get healthier. Yeah. But McKissick, McKissick, definitely an option. And on the flip side, love Aaron Jones this week. He's ECR's number two fantasy back. I agree. Even with A.J. Dillon taking some work, Aaron Jones is getting more targets with Jamal Williams gone in this game script. He's played three straight tough, tougher run defenses, uh, Aaron Jones. And now this is the opposite of that, this setup. So I love him in a week with, you know, Derrick Henry's the obvious number one, but right after him, He's as good as any start, uh, Aaron Jones, this week. And, of course, Devontae Adams is going to bounce back. He went from seeing 45 targets over three games to seeing just five last week, and that's going to change against a banged-up Washington defense. A.J. Dillon, who you mentioned, I think is another, because, again, there are so many teams on by, another you know, flex oh, yeah. option. I think he can easily clear 60 total yards. Like prob- maybe even find the end zone if if game flow goes the way. And if, if the football team continues to be this banged up and they struggle to put up points, then A.J. Dillon could cruise into some real production. Um, so I like him as a flex. So I wanted to ask you quickly your thoughts on Jarrett Patterson. Um, he would be assumedly the backup to Antonio Gibson on at least early downs, maybe the goal line. He's not a big back undrafted rookie out of Buffalo, but pretty elusive. And you have to imagine that a kid with fresh legs like that might be able to rip off some long runs against a Packers run defense. That's traditionally and even currently not been the most stout. Yeah. As much as we like McKissick, it's more for his work in the passing game. If Gibson's inactive, uh, Jarrett Patterson becomes uh, startable in fantasy leagues in a week with six buys for sure. A borderline, you know, top 30, top 25 type option. Uh, not overly exciting in the matchup given his role, but but sure, with the lack of options, Patterson is would absolutely be on the fantasy radar if Gibson misses this game. Let's talk about the matchup that is at least projected to be the most high scoring. It's Kansas City at Tennessee. Uh, we, we saw the Titans, well, no, we saw Derrick Henry surprise the Buffalo Bills last week on primetime. Like, I have to admit, I was like, listen, the Buffalo Bills have, like, the number one defense in total DVOA, number one run defense in DVOA, number one pass defense number DVOA. There's, like, not any world in which the Titans are going to, like, push this to the over. And I was very wrong. So I'm excited now to see the Chiefs go to Nashville and what, like, also, you have to imagine, though, that at some point, Ryan Tannehill is going to have to pass the ball. Like, is Derrick Henry such a beast that he can put up that kind of production week in and week out? I mean, that is like the th- that's the reason people were nervous about drafting him in the first place. And yet he is like the exception to every single rule. So I felt so dumb avoiding Derrick Henry in my fantasy drafts this year that I, I went in on him a little taste in MVP last week. He was at 40 to one in some places, 65 to one in others. And I'm like, that's probably a dumb move right before a game against the league's best uh, you know, defense in Buffalo. Yeah. But turned out the opposite for me on in prime time. He went off three more touchdowns and now those odds have dropped all the way to 20 to one. Now I know a quarterback almost always wins that award, but I feel like there could be five that will just cannibalize each other's votes where Henry yeah. is on pace for 504 touches and 2,600 scrimmage yards. Uh, Yes, there's one more extra game this year, but if it's by magnitudes better than the next best running back, I could see some votes there. Obviously, he's a shoe in for 
for Offensive Player of the Year at this point. But I mean, fade him at your own peril at this point in DFS. I mean, no, I mean, he just is so so good. And now with Julio Jones returning to practice, hopefully AJ Brown gets uh, his knee and his bubble guts healthy. And, and this should be a shootout. I mean, this should be a shootout, man. I mean, fifty. You said the over under is one of the highest you'll ever see in the NFL. Uh, both teams cannot play defense. This will probably be the second game of the season that will not uh, feature a punt all year. I could see it happening. Uh, uh, fire up everyone involved here in DFS. Include a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I've had a couple of questions. People being like, I don't know, Tyreek and that and that quad. He's still limited in practice. And I'm like, ah, did you not see last week's game? Where I mean, nine catches for seventy six and a touch. Like it doesn't matter. He's going to be on the field. This he can produce even at under a hundred percent. I would even fire up your boy Hardman in this one because there is just so many yeah. points available. Yeah, agreed. And uh, Daryl Williams, you know, he's fine. You got to start him, obviously. But he had 60 yards and 20 carries last week. And I think they're going to get it mostly done passing this week. And and Hardman's seen the targets. I'm with you. I know he's been so frustrating not cashing in those air yards. But I think he's a fine flex play this week. Um, Yes, you're you're definitely using Daryl Williams, by the way. But I just think it's another humongous game for Patrick Mahomes, who's dealing with these crazy, weird interceptions. But it actually helps his fantasy numbers. I mean, it's it's no problem. Just the the turnovers, whatever. It just leads to a shorter field for the other team. And this quickly, the Chiefs have to start scoring in the other way. So a pinball game, if there ever is. Yeah, this should be this should be a lot of fun to watch this one back and forth. Atlanta is coming off of their bye. The last time we saw them, they were in London, obviously, and they're traveling to Miami. The last time we saw Miami also in London. So it's weird that they are hosting a matchup this week. There's a lot of weird stuff going on with Miami. So I guess we have to talk about it. Yesterday, I write my deep sleepers piece, usually on Wednesdays, file it on Wednesday night, and our amazing editorial staff, Jason and Mauricio, publish it on Thursday. And <laughs> I was like, all right, I, I'm I'm asked to deliver like at least one sleeper at every position, right? So Tua, to me, is a great option because let's, let's be honest, he returned from that rib injury in London, completed 70% of his passes, threw for nearly 330 yards, only one score, but also only one interception. And he did all that, by the way, with basically just Jalen Waddell and Mike Isicki on the field. He's facing Atlanta this week. So we know that the matchup is plus. And then, and then what happens, Dalton, the Twitterverse goes crazy with these reports from legitimate sources saying that a, a deal to send Watson to Miami and Tua to Washington could be done by the end of the week. Yeah, it's funny. I was actually 100% with you that this, I, we talked about the last game being DFS friendly. That's the obvious one. This is my more sleeper uh, DFS game of the week, but that was assuming Tua was going to be playing. And I know he's dealing with the ribs still issue too, but yeah, he threw the ball 47 times last week. This team's kind of given up running the ball and you love that for fantasy if the, if you have their quarterback. Um, and now Devontae Parker may even be another option, which hurts, hurts Waddle as a DFS option because he was getting the targets. But I'm with you in this game. Uh, uh, Tua uh, even ran for some yards. Um, Gesicki's uh, turned into a top five fantasy tight end. Uh, and then on the flip side, Atlanta, Mike Davis and Cord- Cordero Patterson are both top 15 fantasy backs and I love Calvin Ridley as a buy low and and Matt Ryan and two I both have top 15 fantasy QBs this week I think it's one of the more high both teams are faster paced so this is a sneaky game that could be high scoring but you got to watch to see whether or not the rumor mill was accurate because it was it was a fevered pitch yeah 
totally. If Tua has to be there, he cannot be traded. And it might end up being a three-way deal. He ends up in Washington or whatever. So obviously, yes. I mean, Tua, Tua does need to still be on the team for him to be an option. But I'm, I'm assuming that's the case. But you're right. This this is a fluid situation. And John McClain is reporting this on Houston. Right. You know, I mean, impressive, you know, not only the actor from the Die Hard franchise, but uh, re- legitimately, in all seriousness, one of the best uh, reporters. And you take his word seriously. And, and if right. he's saying it's it, and if he's saying source. it, um, yeah, yeah. yeah so I, I really do think that, that, that Watson, there's, there's legs to that rumor of him getting moved to Miami. So don't know. Yeah, I mean, obviously that'd be horrific news for, for Tua. But um, assuming he's there this Sunday, I like him. Uh, I like him in a, in a, as a DFS option. I mean, if there are truth to the rumors, but he doesn't get traded until after the weekend, then I like this Sunday even more because what an incredible showcase for him. Yeah, that's a great point too. Yeah, and I don't, I don't really care too much about like his in his head or whatever. I mean, two will be fine. And 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 Waddles look good. He's a good connection there. And again, he's mm-hmm. passing the ball nearly fifty times last week, and the volume should be there. So I, I yeah, I'm in. I like what you said about Calvin Ridley. I do want to spend a little bit of time on Atlanta, just this piece, only because he's $23 in DFS. And I think a lot of people forgot about him because he hasn't played since week four. But in that week, he had his highest yardage total of the season. He converted seven of 13 for 80 yards. He still didn't find the end zone, right? He didn't still, still didn't find the end zone. But you have to know, like his scratch for London had nothing to do with his physical ailments. It was a, a personal issue. So we know he's not banged up. And you got to buy the dip. I think on Calvin Ridley, the team has had some time off. Um, Kyle Pitts got going in London. So I think this might be a moment, especially given the matchup for there to be another points bonanza, the opposite. Like if there is the underbelly of a points bonanza, it's going to be this jets at new England game. Um, Yeah. Based on how it went last time four interceptions, four sacks for Wilson. I mean, he may, he may want to pass. Yeah, not much to talk about this game. Sit your Jets against Bill Belichick defense facing the rookie QB. I know they're coming off a bye, but I mean, I would not be confident starting any Jets this weekend. Conversely, fire up Damian Harris with confidence, who's returned back to practice, looks good to go. This team should feature the run game, and uh, you like the game script. Even Jacoby Myers doesn't have the easiest matchup against the Jets secondary, so I think Damian Harris could be a two-spike game for him. And then Ramonda Stevenson is the guy to stash there, who's clearly surpassed Brandon Bolden as a possible you know, a possible alternative there if Harris once again fumbles one of these goal line carries. Stevenson found the end zone last week, which was nice. And, you know, it might be the Bill Belichick might want to continue because Harris is working back from that rib injury to protect him from from the goal line a little bit, especially as they are seven point favorites. Like, why bother putting him in a position to get hurt any further um, or aggravate something if they have Stevenson who's proving uh, who's proving successful particularly in the red area of the field I will say the only jet that I might consider tinkering with um, is Michael Carter we've talked about but I'm reminding people since the team was on by last week maybe they've forgotten that he has managed to climb his way to the top of the backfield and is the team's RB1 now obviously game script isn't really ever going to work in his favor I could tell myself a story particularly if I lived in the New York metro area that maybe the team has had extra time to prepare and didn't want to be as embarrassed as they were earlier in the season. And so they've worked on a game plan that could maybe get a little bit of back and forth going for Zach Wilson, in which case Michael Carter might have some more value because there are so many teams on by. So if you are desperate, I don't mind flexing Carter, but I think you also have to understand that the floor is not particularly high here. 
Totally fair. His consensus rank is RB26. I have him just slightly lower. But yeah, given the running back landscape and his usage creeping into that buy, in which it could come out even more so as the feature back. So so sure, Michael Carter is, despite my uh, you know uh, pessimism, he, you're right. He's, a, he's, a, he's an RB3 this week. Carolina at the Giants. Tons of injuries here. Let's start with the home team. Let's start with the Giants. Um, all right. So bad news first. Saquon Barkley did not practice on Thursday. Kadarius Tony still working through that ankle injury, did not practice on Thursday. Uh, Kenny Galladay with the hyperextended knee, not practicing on Thursday. Sterling Shepard is still dealing with a little bit of that hamstring issue, but he was at least limited in practice on Thursday. We know that he played last week. He came off of a big catch total, 10 of 14 for 76. And obviously a lot of that total had to do with Tony's early exit from the contest. Another little teeny Skinny silver lining for the Giants. Uh, Darius Slayton, who's been out for numerous weeks with the hamstring injury, was back at practice on Thursday. So that is what (laughs) Daniel Jones is working with against the Carolina Panthers defense, which remains the best thing about the Carolina Panthers team. Yeah, devastating injuries in New York reminds me of the 49ers last season, although they had it on both sides of the ball. Uh, New York's been concentrated on offense. Um, Even Evan Ingram now is dealing with the calf injury, so Kyle Rudolph could be a cheap, cheap DFS option. Uh, Too bad for Tony, who looks like a guy I'm going to be drafting way too high next next year in fantasy drafts because he just looks, man, I'm all in on him. looks so, so good. But this week, Sterling Shepard, assuming he's good to go, could be like a 10-catch, 90-yard type performance in PPR. And I do like... Darius Slayton, really, really cheap in DFS. He saw some good air yards usage when he was healthy earlier this year. Much better player than Dante Pettis. And if there's no Galladay, you said it, no Barkley, no Ingram, no Tony, and a banged-up Shepard, I absolutely like Slayton as a deep sleeper this week because he's back practicing as as of Wednesday even. Yep, that's right. Uh, On the Panther side of things, I don't think this matter. Obviously, CMC continues to be out. Um, Terrace Marshall, the rookie that a lot of us are real excited about, is dealing with a concussion. Beat reporters are saying he is unlikely to play on Sunday. That's not huge for him per se, but it does allow the targets to remain concentrated between Robbie Anderson, who hopefully can be a little bit more efficient, and DJ Moore. Um, I also feel like because of this matchup and because of all of the giant struggles, Chuba Hubbard is like a top 10 play in week seven. Yeah, no, he's the clear feature back on that team without CMC. No argument there. Um, Robbie Anderson, 11 yards on 11 targets last week. But maybe that's a good point about Marshall being out. He could definitely possibly cash him in there. And then uh, conversely, I like the Giants. I think they're the minimum in Yahoo DFS this week at $10. Ten I think bucks. I used them in our yeah. lineup. Yeah, I mean, with Sam, Sam Darnold just turnover machine lately in the sacks. I mean, that's definitely an option there. Um, But yeah, Hubbard is a top 10 back. It's no argument here for me. Cincinnati at Baltimore. This should be an exciting game. Um, I want to start with the Bengals side of things. They're the traveling team. Joe Mixon put up one heck of a show and we like felt really good about Mixon heading into last week. Uh, But now you've got Samaji P. Ryan off of the COVID list, but Chris Evans, the Rookie running back is dealing with a bit of a hamstring issue. He was limited on Wednesday and Thursday. He's not much of an impact because obviously Mixon remains very much a workhorse, even if these other two guys are in. But I think you could see uh, his touch total go down a little bit with P. Ryan back. And obviously the matchup against Baltimore, not as easy as it was last week. Um, And for what it's worth, the Ravens did hold the whole of the Chargers to just 26 rushing yards last Sunday. 
Yeah, no doubt. It's not a total smash spot. I, I actually moved uh, Josh Jacobs and Leonard Fournette over uh, Joe Mixon this mm. week. But I mean, but I mean, he's still whatever a top 10 option, no doubt, <laughs> given the the all the buys and whatnot. Um, and I still think T Higgins is going to going to have a better second half than, than first half. I mean, even when on the field, he's been disappointed, not just the injuries. Um, and Chase has just been so good with second most receiving yards ever, I think, through the first six weeks. Highly impressive. And Joe Burrow, even with a lack of volume, has thrown multiple touchdowns in every game this season. And this game absolutely could dictate more passing with Baltimore putting up points on the board. You know, Cincinnati may be forced to throw here. So I kind of like, even though you look at it on paper, like, I don't love the matchup for Burrow. But if it's just purely forcing more volume, it could help his stats. Sneaky tight end stream. I also like CJ Uzuma in this one. Uh, He did manage to score even with T. Higgins back. Remember, he had that blow up two score game on Thursday night a couple of weeks ago, but Higgins wasn't in the lineup. With Higgins back last week, he still found the end zone. And Baltimore allowing the third most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. They let Jared Cook into the end zone last week. So if you're looking for a stream because you're hurting at the position, then I'd give Uzuma a look. He's very available. Uh, And I believe he's only $15 in our DFS game. The Baltimore side of things. So so Sammy Watkins uh, is dealing with a hamstring injury. He did not practice on Thursday. That is not particularly interesting for Sammy Watkins because I don't think people are rolling him out regularly. But I do think it bodes well for Rashad Bateman, who made his debut last week. Now, obviously, game flow affected his target total. He did draw six targets. He caught four of those for just under 30 yards. But... I feel like now in this situation, we're expecting more points. Well, we were expecting more points last week, and then the Chargers had their issues. But in a situation where we would expect more points, I think we can we can see Bateman Bateman's role grow now that he's gotten his feet wet. And I, I like him very much as like a flex option here. He was one of the hottest waiver wire pickups Andy and Scott talked about him earlier in the week. Really like Bateman. First off, props to the Bengals' defense for ranking fifth in DVOA this season. Uh, well, well done. Really nice improvement. But still, I'm loving all the pass catchers and Lamar Jackson this week. Latavius Murray looks uh, maybe on the wrong side of questionable. Mm-hmm. And, I know, and I think that was a fluke last week, those running backs getting touchdowns. I mean, Freeman and Lev Bell, they don't trust Tyson Williams. Uh, I don't know about those old backs. So I think it's going to be Hollywood Brown. Bateman and Mark Andrews week putting up points with Lamar Jackson throwing it down the field more than ever this year and doing so with accuracy so yeah I I like Bateman as a sleeper for sure right away they threw him into the fire I think he was targeted like 30% of his routes run or something really really high he actually was second in wide receiver snaps behind Hollywood Brown with 44 yeah yeah, no, I like it. Yeah, no, he people and prospect uh, mavens, you know, far more than me. College people uh, loved him, really like him. This, you know, as a dynasty guy too. So, man, the Ravens are a really dangerous team moving forward. This with this passing attack, crazy though. Their backfield is just just so creaky. I mean, that's that's just. But who cares? I mean, they can win with just not really worrying. You know, don't really need a feature back. But maybe they make they a trade for Mar. I mean. Yeah, right. Exactly. He was like one of the best rusher in the league, too, even among running backs. But I don't know, maybe they make a trade for Marlon Mack or something. But it's pretty bad relying on Devonta Freeman and Lev Bell right now. Well, I think even though we've said that about the Ravens, creaky, by the way, the perfect word for their backfield, um, at least they're using their running backs, which is something we can't say of the Eagles who are traveling to Las Vegas to take on the Raiders. I mean, obviously the story here and you could see it (laughs) in the crowd with people holding up signs in week six saying run the ball like let Sanders loose Nick Sirianni came out after the game and said like he admitted he needed to get Sanders more involved 
Yeah, I talked about it with Austin and he was like, you know, you should be able. He was very kind. He was like, basically, you should be able to run against the Raiders. Like if he did have a big game against them. If if that's not going to happen, then I don't think there's a world in which they're ever going to use him. So this is a big litmus test for whether or not Sanders, I, I feel like if you weren't able to, the problem with people saying like, oh, go ahead and trade him is that like, for what? What are you going to get for him? Like, I feel like you, I've been saying to people like, hold on to him. If he's going to get anything, it's going to be this week because we know the matchup is solid. And if he does do something, tie it to the narrative heading into the week and then flip him for optimal value. For sure. I had him ranked too low this week. I moved him up 10 spots in my top 15 after, yeah, seeing the reports that oh, we are going to get him the ball more. And he really has, set, even though he has not been getting the ball a lot, it has been more than Kenneth Gainwell the last few weeks. And Raiders are totally a nice matchup who also have been playing pretty well at corner. So like, I like Jalen Hurts still, but maybe, you know, the receivers might get shut down and they have to rely more on Sanders, who is a good matchup and, and in, indoors. So like his speed there. So yeah, I'm, I'm totally, totally with you there. And then on the flip side, Josh Jacobs, um, I know it's anecdotal, but I'm kind of buying into him saying that the Gruden uh, things were different on the sidelines and there was just less. So someone wasn't cussing at me or screaming at a ref every other play and things were looser. I don't know. Maybe there's something to that. They did win the game and Jacob says his toes feeling healthier. So I moved him into my borderline top five option this week. Wasn't that something? Wasn't that something you remove the problem and then there's less of a problem? It's it's pretty easy math, huh? Last note on Philly we should talk about is is Dallas Goddard, obviously. We recorded oh, yeah. after oh, yeah. the cool. Zach Ertz trade. Uh, yeah, the Zach Ertz trade happened last Friday. We had recorded the day before, so we weren't mm-hmm. able to talk about it in last week's preview. And he had played <laughs> already, so he wasn't available for fantasy managers. He's obviously in Arizona now, filling out the Max with 2X Williams role for the Cardinals, which you think should open things up for Dallas Goddard. Now, he missed week six because of covid He's working through, like, I think he would, like, illness was the designation on uh, the injury report, so he was a little bit limited. But assuming he makes it to the field against Vegas, you have to imagine that his targets are going to blow up. Um, he's been running about 18 routes per game, so we don't love that. But again, I expect that number to go up in this one, and I have him ranked like as my tight end seven or eight, that range for this week. Oh yeah, yeah, wheels up. And if he's healthy, he could even be a top five option. Uh, like I said, the Raiders corners have been playing well too. So the, the best option might be mm. Goddard this week. I like I like Ertz, by the way, too, too in Arizona too. I think they both can be top 10 options uh, now moving forward. But yeah, def, definitely helps fantasy managers that trade for sure. Let's get to Arizona. But first, I want to talk about the biggest revenge game. I don't know, maybe after Tom Brady going back to Gillette of the season, Detroit (laughs) at the Rams. I mean, it's a revenge game for Jared Goff. It's a revenge game for Matt Stafford. All the revenges are happening. I have to admit, like as someone who bought into the Rams early and was there covering the draft the night that Jared Goff, I was in Chicago the night that Jared Goff was drafted first overall. Like I really am hoping he doesn't completely fall on his face. Like, I just, I really want, like, I want to say to Aaron Donald, like, go nice, be nice. You don't have to bring the full heat. Like, you just, just go, go a little bit easy. And then, you know, to be fair, the Rams defense hasn't uh, played up to expectation. It's still pretty good, but the expectations were sky high for them. So I want to know what your gut check is on this, on this matchup first. Like, do you just think Stafford is going to go absolutely ham? 
Probably, because it seems like McVeigh has an issue with golf too. I don't know something with that relationship. Um, I don't know. Campbell's upset with his whole team, going to change some things. I don't know what that means. Um, I mean, what, I wouldn't be shocked if Detroit makes this close. I mean, the Rams just can't blow out every team every single week. I mean, at some point, they'll have their C game. So, yeah, it's In definitely one, one to... Yeah, I know. I know that the Lions really have are, are been brutal. I know. I haven't. I mean, Goff has not won an NFL game without McVeigh yet. So, um, yeah. I mean, this would be a funny upset for it to happen. But um, I think I'm uh, leaning Rams in my um, my big survivor pool here. So I will be rooting for LA for one week at least. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. As a 49er supporter, I I do just really hope that he keeps it close. I mean, right now the Rams are. <laughs> 15 and a half point favorites. So we expect another big Daryl Henderson game. He had a giant game last week. We expect him to continue to lead that backfield by a wide margin over Sony Michelle. You were right about that, by the way, last week saying that like McVay doesn't veer away from his number one guy. So all wheels up to quote you again on Henderson. Um, If you're looking for a sleeper in this one, I would take a look at Amon Ross St. Brown. A slot receiver, so the at the head of the season, we weren't so sure what his usage would be, plus he's a rookie, but obviously Tyrell Williams is still dealing with a concussion, Quintez Cephas is on IR with a collarbone situation, and over the past couple of weeks, St. Brown has like kind of turned it on. He's Jared Goff's number three option in the passing game behind the running back, DeAndre Swift, and the tight end, TJ Hawkinson. Also, if we're looking at narrative street, this is a bit of a homecoming for him. He went to USC. He was a quite um, a regular, consistent producer for the Trojans. So I think in PPR-friendly formats, like, listen, he's not, his YPR is not astounding at all, but I do think the number of catches that he could get, especially in this particular game with Jared Goff maybe a little bit more motivated to chase points, you could see a, a nice, he could record a nice catch total here. Sure, a total nice sleeper sleeper flex option in a game. The Lions are going to have to be throwing coming off the bus with the game script uh, <laughs> negative for them. And even TJ Hawkinson is battling some knee injury, missing practice or limited at least. So, yeah, with very few targets there, the Lions are going to be unable to run. Um, yeah, there's going to be a lot of passing. So so Brown is a, is a sleeper flex. Houston is going to Arizona. You like uh, Zach Ertz in this one, as you mentioned. Who else do you like? Oh, boy. Uh, Well, this is another massive, massive spread, 18 and a half in some places here. So James Conner, like, looks like a top 15 fantasy back as the goal line guy there. Forget the fact that Edmonds even banged up. But, um, yeah, I mean, you're starting all the pass catchers in Arizona with him, one of the highest implied team totals uh, of the week. And then Houston, you're starting Brandon Cooks, and um, you're probably looking elsewhere, everywhere else. Yep, I think that that is perfectly stated. I do think, you know, I wrote this in my sleepers piece, like, if Tua ends up not starting on Sunday and you need somebody like Davis Mills has been streaky as everything we could like Davis Mills has been wildly streaky but he hasn't been awful and we know that he's going to be in a negative game script I mean the matchup is not easy right (laughs) yeah but you have Chandler Jones back this week but I also feel like at least in terms of volume, you could do something, though it does not help the uh, Texans receivers that Nico Collins and Chris Connolly are both banged up. I don't hate it. They've been aggressive on fourth downs. They're not going to be able to run. They're going to be throwing it a lot. He's actually shown some flashes. It's indoors. I mean, there are going to be some, we'll talk about here, some weather issues in a couple games. But um, yeah, I don't actually have Davis Mills ranked above his ACR, so I, I don't hate the call. I like when we're on the same page. The Bears are, oh my goodness, traveling to the pirate ship. 
And um, I think they uh, they may end up in Davy Jones's locker because it's going to be grim. I can't, I can't like I don't. Allen Robinson is still dealing with the ankle injury. He did return to practice on Thursday on a limited basis. Um, I mean, I feel like you're going to have to throw the ball more than 27 times against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because all they do is stop the run and their obvious weakness is the secondary. So I don't know how you enter. I don't know how you play against Aaron Rodgers and only throw the ball 27 times, but you sure as heck don't. Can can we get to over 30 pass attempts? I mean, maybe that maybe 32. That seems like a reasonable number when you're playing Tom Brady. Yeah, you're playing a defense that just forces you to pass too. By far the least, uh, the lowest run Run rate in neutral situations is against Tampa Bay. And now Damian Williams looks like he's going to still dealing with COVID, unfortunately. Herbert has impressed. And despite the tough matchup, you got to start him if it's just him, the backfield to himself. I'm not sure if it's injury or what the problem is, but Robinson just hasn't quite shown the same separation ability um, or even contested catch ability this season. Cole Komet is a sleeper here in an offense that has to pass more than usual. He's just been, it's mostly underneath stuff. But, um, you know, tight end, he's uh, he's an option now. And then uh, on Tampa side, Leonard Fournette, is, you could have an argument to be a top five fantasy back, which is just crazy. But as a guy getting catches and the goal line back in this offense, I mean, man, it, it is what it is. And then Antonio Brown battling an injury and this team just passes even when they're up. I really like Godwin to finally score for the first time in five games this week as well. Uh, we're on the same page about God when I put him in my uh, DFS expert lineup. Nice. He's only $24 in our daily game. And you're right. If AB is either out or even hobbled, then we like Godwin because we know that he can play in the slot and on the outside. And Gronk is still sidelined with that rib injury. Also, OJ Howard is dealing with an ankle injury, so he's not 100% either. You know, that's an interesting that Cameron Brait, if you're really looking for a deep sleeper, if Howard were to miss that too. I mean, that's possible too, because this team just scores and scores and scores, and they're just passing even if they're up big late. I mean, you know, Brady, Brady's on pace to throw nearly 50 touchdowns this season. It's pretty wild. Ooh, that is insane. Let's talk about the Sunday night game. It's the Indianapolis Colts traveling to Levi Stadium. To, ch- to play your San Francisco 49ers. The big headline for this matchup, obviously, is that Trey Lance is still dealing with a knee injury. And Jimmy Garoppolo has surprisingly, it didn't look like this when he first suffered that calf injury, but has managed to work his way back and is expected to start for the 49ers. Yeah, so this, I guess, is supposedly going to be lightning, wind, and rain, and it's having me uh, change my plans of going to this game in person. So I, I don't know if that, I don't want to overrate it, but it could affect the passing game here, especially, well, the Niners want to run anyway with Garoppolo still dealing with a kind of a banged up uh, calf issue, but it's definitely going to be him starting. Um, Elijah Mitchell is so funny. He's the top 15 consensus back this week in the rankings for a guy that's done nothing the last three weeks, mm-hmm. but it just shows, uh, illustrates just how dire the running back landscape is right now. And it does seem like he is Shanahan's guy. Um, but yeah, just a crazy situation for the 49ers. Carson Wentz, meanwhile, has played well the last two games and should have Quentin Nelson back, hopefully. But um, he might be missing T.Y. Hilton and uh well, he Jonathan only had Taylor. him for three and a half quarters right. anyway <laughs> all season that's totally fair yeah that's fair and the Niners of secondary has been beatable this season Jonathan Taylor's facing a Niners D that's uh NFL high 25 straight games without allowing a 100 yard rusher but it only takes one you know for him to break off a long one but wild that last week as double digit home favorites against Houston Taylor had two carries at halftime I mean it's just maddening his usage right uh, I like that you mentioned Elijah Mitchell I was on running backs for fearless forecast this week and I remember the projection I was like oh god like I don't 
what do I have to base this on? But I, uh, I do think he'll probably flirt with 80 yards, total yards, if not more. My hope, though, I didn't, you know, not factoring in the weather piece of it. My hope, though, was that coming off of a bye, Kyle Shanahan might have some time to, like, play with the playbook and open everything up so that we can get the over on this match because I want to see a real game like I want to see the ball put into the air and I know you're right about wanting to focus on the run but if we could get a little bit of a ping pong and Shanahan again with with some time off can figure out a way to open things up I think that you're going to actually have more success with Jimmy doing that than just focusing on the ground game in this particular matchup and I think you know you mentioned T.Y. Hilton not being available I did not, I, he cannot be available, please, because as someone who believes in Michael Pittman, I was yeah. gutted to see Pittman record his lowest reception total of the season. He he saw just three targets with, with uh, Hilton back in the lineup, and he got two of those for 35 bucks, but that's not what you want out of your alpha number one. 100%. Without, without Hilton, Pittman's like a top 25 option with him. Yeah, it's definitely less exciting. It did seem to, uh, to to have more of a committee of targets there. The Colts have the number one run defense in DVOA, so as much as the Niners may want to run, this could That's result right. in just a passing game back and forth for sure. And how about Ayuk? I would love to see him get a few targets without Kittle around, so coming out of the bye. So, yeah, this game may as much both teams like running the ball. Both defenses, it's, it's far better to pass against them. So it may end up being higher scoring than anticipated, especially people like me start talking about the weather, and then you get overly <laughs> concerned, and then you get there, and it doesn't matter. Because really, what matters most is wind while i don't want to sit there through the rain personally it may not actually affect you know the, the points put up on the board yeah well i mean carson wentz is from north dakota right and jimmy g grew up in chicago these boys should be able to weather a little bit of weather right yeah and it's all a short a dot passing game too you know the underneath sure. stuff to, to debo yeah. too so yeah we'll get it done so yeah i'm with you maybe it will be more of a more of the passing attack and wentz has really looked he's looked really good the last couple of weeks getting ypas above 11 in back-to-back games i mean it's he's, mm-hmm. he's definitely looked better as, as he's gotten healthier well we want these two teams to pass but we don't want you guys to pass on us but we do have to admit that that's it we've run out of games to preview Keep chatting with us, though. We really enjoy engaging with you on Twitter. You can follow me at Liz underscore FF. You can follow Dalton at Dalton Del Don. And while you're there, make sure you're following at Yahoo Fantasy. Stick around, too, because Matt Harmon will be joined by TJ Hernandez for a bonus DFS preview of this week's games on Saturday's episode of the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. Until then, we are out. Good luck. 